and now Senator McConnell saying he wants to push the pause button. Uh, yes. Was this a tactical mistake by you and Senator Schumer? Just calm down. We will have state. This is Just Calm Down with John Schreck. Welcome to Just Calm Down. My dog threw up today. Did you hear his little clingy clangy in the background? I wasn't there for it, so it feels like a little bit of stolen valor to even talk about it, but uh, I think he's okay. He ate, I think, I took him on a walk on Sunday morning. Maybe it was Saturday. It doesn't matter what day it was. I took him on a walk. We were in a park. He was sniffing at this pile of ashes. My grandfather's ashes. He was, we found him at the, at the park. He had a troubled life. We actually didn't even know what happened to him, but we came across, <laughs> no, we came across these ashes. Uh, they seemed to be, uh, you know, ashes from someone who had grilled. So like uh, charcoal ashes and he was sniffing them pretty hard and I didn't think anything of it. Just let him sniff around and then he picks one up and I'm like, you little shit. And I go to pull it out of his mouth and it's gone. I think he swallowed it. I assume he swallowed it. He, he may have dropped it because he did turn away from me before because he, he does a little trick now because he knows when he picks something up off the ground on a walk that I'm going to shove my hand down his throat and grab it because try, he tries to swallow chicken bones like a dumbass um, and I've yanked those things out of his throat. Um, but there was not, I had a little bit of black on my hand, like soot, like ash, um, which he might have still, still had some in his mouth, but he might've swallowed it. I don't know. And he hasn't been acting weird. This was four days, three, four days ago. And he wasn't acting weird until today. And he had a, he had a weird dump, two weird dumps and he threw up. Now he's acting strange, just tired. He's acting tired. Um, this is a hell of a way to start, <laughs> but that's what's happening. He's a sweet boy, and I hope he's okay, but we went to the vet less than a month ago, and we're not going back because he doesn't know how to behave at the vet, and it's expensive. And I love him, but if this is what takes him down, it's his fault. Sorry. Survival of the fittest. It was been a, it's been a good 6.25 years. I love you very much, but if it's over, it's over. <laughs> Man, that started dark, huh? The only jokes about my dog that I do in my act... The, the joke ultimately ends up with him being dead. I have like three dead dog jokes uh, because I, my brain is um, perfect. Nobody thinks more perfectly than me. I'm the smartest, most pure, thoughted man. Is that what a thought is? T-H-O-T, truly, handsome, only, truthful, tr true twice in thought. This is me doing improv. This is why I, I wasn't able to uh, get on the improv team in college, because the first thing I did when someone tried to improv with me, I literally said, no. <laughs> guy, guy comes jumping at me. Guy who's on the team comes jumping at me. He's like, you want to do the crazy dance? I'm like, what? No. <laughs> and then I was upset that I didn't make the team. But also, fuck ah, that. I mean, I don't even want to do a podcast with somebody else. So, of course, I'm going to be shitty at improv. That said, I should probably take an improv class or something because I am not good at working in a team. And that will inevitably be my downfall or the reason that I become dictator. Hey, man, I was talking about you before, but if you don't shut up with that collar, that clinging, clanging, it will be over. All right. And lay down. Be a good boy. No, there you go. All right. He is a sweetheart, huh? Look at that tail. Wow riveting content talking to the dog getting to hear my dog voice you're only hearing a little bit of it i get real sweetie pooty booty body it's gross and i don't want to i don't want to hear what it sounds like in a recording i've heard it a couple times when i take videos and i'm like that no thank you i can't believe that my partner hasn't left me that's the kind of that's the kind of voice that i have for my dog so donald trump killed his brother i don't think people are giving him enough props for that robert trump i think older brother younger brother doesn't matter never heard of him until I heard that he died of COVID-19. That means Trump killed him because of how horrifically he has handled the COVID-19 situation. And at least in Cincinnati, and I think other places around the Midwest, there is a general vibe of this shit's over. Now, I know that's not true. 
And I know that this vibe is going to lead to that being even more not true. But I've I've gone out a few times over the past few weeks. I don't think I I I did a show this past Saturday, first show that I've done since March. It was a lot of fun. It was in a comedian's backyard. Kelly Collette, shout out. I think this is the third one that she did. She invited, you know, she made 25 tickets available for her backyard. She's got a nice patio set up, nice outdoor fireplace. I got to perform on top of a mini fridge. It was riveting and it was nice. And I didn't find out that I was for sure doing it until after I released last week's podcast. Otherwise, I would have talked about, I would have promoted that. No one would have come out because of it, because God knows that this is being recorded, put online, and, and heard by nobody, much like everything I put on Twitter, just screaming into the void. But you know what? I'm not going to therapy, so this is what I got. I need to go to therapy, but right now seems like a time that a lot of people probably need to go to therapy. But it's also like the worst time to start going to therapy because the therapists are also trapped without much of a social life. And like it's going to be over Zoom. So what? I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to Skype call while this kid this this person's kids are running around in the background and they're going fucking insane. They're getting paid to hear my shit. I'm probably going to have to take on some of their shit. Like I just don't know about that. I don't know if that's worth whatever the copay is. I don't think I can do it. Although I undoubtedly need it because I am having some serious mood swings even more than, than, than before the lockdown happened. But other than that, I think I'm doing great. You know, doing a show it did, it, it, it was, uh, it, it felt great. I, one of the reasons that I had to hop off of social media for a minute was I just couldn't take the posts from comics doing shows mostly inside, which pisses me off. The fact that there are shows happening indoors, I, I know I went off about this just a few weeks ago, but the fact that there ha- there's shows happening indoors at all, masks or not, but most not, people aren't wearing masks. People come, it, it is mind-blowing to me, not even just comedy clubs, restaurants, anywhere. You go to the location, the rule is you have to wear a mask when you're walking around, and that's it. Sit down at your table, take the mask off. Let those aerosol particles fly around. Let's spread this shit around inside. Let's do it. And comedy clubs are like, oh, we're taking all of the right precautions. We're sanitizing surfaces. We're spacing people out six feet. And we're not wearing them, making them wear masks as they sit there and spit and cough and laugh for 90 minutes. All in the same enclosed, uns, you know, circulated air space. Taking all the right precautions except for the one that makes the most difference. Fuck off. But that's not why we came here. To, I, I already ranted about that, and nobody gives a shit. It's going to happen anyways. It's going to lead to a super spreader event eventually. Um, but it'll be worth it, because I got a tape. I'm going to do new faces in 2027, when we're back at it, baby. Back when comedy matters again. Um, with all that said, come see me this Saturday, August 29th. I don't know. It's this Saturday. At Go Bananas Comedy Club. <laughs> Uh, no, I am doing, I'm doing a show at Go Banana. It's outside, all right? Don't judge me right away. We have determined that doing comedy outside spread out is safe. Whether or not that's true is to be seen. So far, so good. <laughs> but uh, doing, yeah, oh yeah, it is the 29th, this Saturday. So if you are hearing this anytime in the next two days from when this is being recorded, you can get tickets, I think they're $12. I think you have to buy them in groups of two. Um, please don't come out if you tip less than 30% anywhere. If you're tipping less than 30% at all right now, don't go out, make your meals at home, go fuck yourself. I saw some, I, I, I saw one tweet and now I'm going to go off. That's, that's what everybody's podcast should be called. I saw one tweet. Now I'm going off, but it was like from, it was from someone who like actually works at a restaurant and they're like, yeah, people, I mean, I'm getting, I'm, I'm typically getting 10% tips in the middle of a pandemic. It's like, I know people don't got money, but if you have money to go out, you have money to tip 30% minimum. And if you're not doing that, fuck you. Don't come to the show. Don't go out. This 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 one is a real oh man, I am I am on one, huh? Jesus. Insufferable. There's a massive uprising happening in Kenosha, Wisconsin. A city uh most of us only know from the polka band that John Candy is in from uh, Home Alone. 
the Kenosha Kickers, who have, uh, I heard, just changed their name, actually, to the Kenosha Bootlickers. They're big fans of the cops, uh, which is unfortunate. You know, no, never, never look into your heroes. Don't look, don't look deep into what they stand for because they will disappoint you. But, uh, you know, a, a cop shot a man seven times in the back, uh, a man who I believe he called the cops to settle a, a domestic disturbance. I believe there were two white women fighting. He called the cops to get it broken up. The cops, uh, apprehend him and shoot him seven times point blank range as he's getting into his car. And, you know, he was uh, he was running from the police in the video. So, of course, that's the excuse that they're using this time. But honestly, we've seen so many videos of the police antagonizing people, whether they're protesters in the streets or just a random black person minding their own business. These pigs were going to shoot him whether he was running away or not is the point that I want to make here. Um, shot this guy seven times in the back in front of his children who were in the car. He's like a 28-year-old man. I don't remember his name. Jacob Blake, maybe. That might not be accurate. But so there's been uprising. I mean, meet the night, like the night of that happening, there, you know, there's a massive uprising. I believe they burnt down a courthouse or they set a courthouse on fire. Uh, a cop took a brick to the head. Um, they're burning a lot of shit down in Kenosha, which I can't imagine there's a whole lot. I don't know anything about Kenosha. I've seen the sign on the highway driving to and from uh, Milwaukee and Wisconsin and uh, Appleton, but I don't know anything about the place. It's probably a, a prosperous, big, big city. And um, no one knows. No, I don't. It doesn't matter. The point is that there's been a massive uprising. And then last night, a there a militia showed up, a white militia. I probably should have an article up in front of me or something, but um, that's not really what this podcast is about anymore. It's now about um, making my feelings known about certain things without providing much context. So get in or get out. So, there, so these m- these militias show up um, to uh, you know protect the property or uh, you know handle the situation because you know there a lot, lot lot of fires are being set, and you know what that's that's what has to happen. Sorry. I know that that upsets that your idea that everything gets to stay the same for you while people are systemically brutalized and murdered every day in this country by the state, aka the cops. So I'm not going to be lighting any fires, but I think a lot more fires need to be lit because peaceful protest, people going out in the street in the middle of the day, no matter what day it is, protesting outside of the precinct and outside of the courthouse doesn't do shit. You know what got shit done in Minneapolis? They burnt down the fucking precinct. They responded. People say that's not how you start a movement. What do you think this country was built on? I've seen Hamilton. This country was built on a revolution. <laughs> so that, that's that's the real, I mean, mindfuck's not the right word, but just the, 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 the sort of backbending that people typically on the right, but also Democrats, a lot of Democrats who, you know, tone policing, people who are, who are being antagonized and murdered by the police saying this is not how you affect change you affect change by voting every four years for 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 the lesser of two evils you affect change by electing joe biden president (laughs) uh no clearly not because the rioters in minneapolis got more done in five days than the democrats have gotten done in the past 30 years again something i feel like maybe i said (laughs) two episodes ago so this is really not a great testimonial for uh, continuing to to be subscribed to this podcast. I go six, seven months at a time without doing anything. And then when I do, it's just, it's a rerun. We're already doing reruns. I mean, the algorithm is broken. You know what? This week, there was a story that Kim Jong-un is in a coma and that his sister is taking over. That was a story from like March. Same story. is happening this week. So one, I mean, obviously it's just fake, but like that the is the matrix glitching now we're doing reruns of the quarantine already what's happening i think that's all that's happening right now we just got we're, we're on repeat so back to these this militia shows up and the militia starts working with kenosha pd to start cracking skulls of these protesters and when i mean say cracking skulls i mean opening fire with an ar15 
the 17-year-old kid, his name's Kyle something, he shot three people, killing two of them with an AR-15. 17-year-old kid, high school kid. And I want to speak to the liberals right now, okay? When you close down the schools and give these school shooters nowhere else to go, they will drive 30 miles across the border to another state. This kid's from Illinois, drives to Wisconsin to open fire into a group of protesters. Under the protection of the Kenosha police, shame on you for closing down the schools. This is what happens. This is what happens when you don't give school shooters the outlet that they need. No, it's, it's horrific. It's horrific that that's happening. The Second Amendment is, uh, well, one, it's something that I have struggled with a lot. I've been very vehemently anti-gun for my entire adult life. Even when I was a kid, I like wasn't really a fan of them. I thought they scared me, like, and they should. They should scare you. Um, and I think there's plenty of reasons to, to argue that they should be harder to get a hold of, outright banning certain types, certainly. Um, but, you know, in the most Id- idyllic sense, the Second Amendment is designed for the people to arm themselves and defend themselves and uh, organize themselves as a militia, as a means of defending themselves against a fascist government taking over and, uh, you know, killing people for no reason, you know, like the cops. So, you know, these these big Second Amendment guys, these militia guys, uh, in the face of fascism, instead of rising up and defending their fellow people, people in the streets protesting police violence, protesting state violence against the people, protesting a fascist government. What do these Second Amendment chuds do? They show up and they do the dirty work for the cops. They shoot the protesters. And there's footage of the cops thanking these militia guys Saying thank you for being here, thank you for doing the work that you're doing, handing out they they you know there's video of them giving water to this kid not long before he goes and shoots these protesters, and then after he does the deed, he walks back towards the cops. They don't apprehend him. They don't even come up to him and say, "Hey man, we got to take you in. You just killed somebody." They just let him walk away because that's what they wanted to do. That's what cops want to do. They would like to open fire into these groups of protesters who have the tenacity to demand justice because they are cops. They are perfect. They can do no wrong. In fact, there's no such thing as wrong if you're a cop. The only thing that you can do wrong as a cop is hold your fellow cop accountable if they break the law. Being a cop means you have a license to kill whoever, whenever. Doesn't matter. But now they're getting some negative publicity. So, hey, let this kid with the AR-15 do it. Let him do it. Let him walk. Who cares? We don't care. It's fine. You know who doesn't have to use pepper spray and rubber bullets? A kid with an AR-15. He can just open fire with a hollow point bullet. Let it bounce around inside of those guys' bodies. Let them die in the street for having the tenacity to stand up against the fascist government. But, John, a fascist government wouldn't even let you be out in the street protesting. Yeah, they weren't. They kettled the protesters, the cops. If you don't know what kettling is, it's a tactic that cops use. They've used it in every city across the country. They use it against my friends here in Cincinnati to round them up and throw them in jail. It's when they, um, basically they trap you. They, they trap a group of people. And a lot of times what they'll do is they'll say, Hey, if you go in the, Hey, if you, if you go back that way, that you basically run into a line of cops and they say, Hey, listen, you can't go this way. You can go go on your way. We're not going to arrest you. Go the uh, go down that way. And then when the group of people turn around and go back down that way, there's another line of cops, and they they trap them inside an alleyway or between two intersections, and then they just fuck you up, round you up, arrest you. These cops in Kenosha did that, except when they told the people to turn around and go the other way, there was a militia of people who don't work for the state, of people with AR-15s and other such firearm power. And then that's when shit popped off. And they coordinated that. This militia coordinated with the cops. This militia that is supposed to be a militia of regular people whose job it is to defend people against rogue state actors working with those state actors. So I guess the silver lining is that this kid was arrested for murder. 
And it's actually kind of shocking how, like, I mean, this ha- it happened last night, and a- this morning, it was all, like, his name, his Facebook profile was all over. Like, the fact that you can find so much information about someone so quickly just based on images of them is pretty crazy. And it may, it, it makes it scary to want to go out and protest. I'm terrified. I went out a few times back in June, but I'm terrified of going out and protesting. You know, I want, I want to be on the front line. I want to protect my non-white brothers and sisters and use my white privilege in that way. But I'm fucking terrified. I'm terrified of getting brutalized in the moment. I'm terrified of getting doxxed by the cops because they're doing that. They're finding people online and fucking harassing them and like coming to their... Someone, a friend of mine who spent the night in jail, who was a medic, they spent the night in jail, got uh, tear gassed as they were dragging someone away who was injured, trying to help somebody, got tear gassed, spent the night in jail, and then the cops started harassing them at home. They had to stay at a friend's place for a while because they were being followed by the cops. That's fucking terrifying. So that makes me afraid to be involved in any of this stuff. So um, the again, the silver lining is that that type of thing can also bring this fucking 17-year-old murderer to justice immediately, take him in. So it's crazy. It's totally insane. And, uh, you know, the theme of today is uh, 17-year-old kids <laughs> because also... That Covington Catholic MAGA hat kid, Nicholas Sandman, Nicholas Sandman, Sandman from right across the river. Maybe he's from Cincinnati. I don't know where he's from. He went to Covington Catholic school and uh, went viral when that uh, when that Vietnam veteran, Native American, Indigenous American, Indian American. Are we allowed to say that? I don't know what the technical phrase is, but I said them all. Beating that drum in his face as the kids around him are doing basketball chants. And it blew up because it looked like those kids were antagonizing the guy. Turned out not necessarily the case. <laughs> and uh, you know his fan, you know he's he's rich. He comes he comes from money. He goes to private school, so of course he does. Um, and he wears a MAGA hat. So like, yeah, he comes from money. He, he wears a MAGA hat, and he's not from like the boonies. So yeah, he's privileged as fuck. Um, so they they sued CNN because you know these. These news outlets, as dangerous as Trump is with the way he talks about the media, outlets like CNN, MSNBC, they they earn that title of fake news pretty regularly. So they sued CNN and he won. He won the lawsuit. Got you get something like a hundred million dollars. Like he's set for life. Like a kid who was already set for life is even more set for life now. And uh, well, he spoke last night at the Republican National Convention, and I got to tell you. I think it was a little bit disappointing because if the Republicans had any balls, they would have had Nicholas Sandman address the RNC dressed as Elizabeth Warren. Cowardly move on their part to have him just wearing a suit and tie like the rest of them. I mean, the DNC teed it right up for you. They had her speaking at the Native American caucus last week of the DNC. I don't know exactly what that is, but she spoke at it. Even after coming back, you know, fully apologizing for all of the damage she's done for saying that she was like the first woman of color on the faculty at Harvard or whatever it was. And um, you basically using the fact that she's like one one thousandth Cherokee to uh, to advance herself, despite being a thousand percent lily white. And taking that test and finding out that she's she's barely barely any any non-white in her lineage, they still they still had her appear at the Native American caucus. So the Republicans are just real cowards, man. I mean, they they could they could have gone really balls to the wall this week, and they're not. They're just coming out and saying that Joe Biden's a socialist and that his presidency is just gonna be. His new boss is going to be Nancy Pelosi, Bernie Sanders, and the squad. That's what they said. One of the guys said that on Monday. Like, what? I mean, Democrats are out of touch. But, I mean, that that's really giving a whole new definition to out of touch. Because, one, they don't believe you know, You know they don't believe it. And the only people who do believe it are people who are going to vote for Trump anyways. So, like, both of these parties are actively trying to lose an election. And it's just, I mean... It's such a waste of time, of energy, 
I watched two nights of the the DNC last week. I skipped the two ones in the middle. I sandwiched it. I watched the night that Michelle Obama was on. I watched the night that Biden was on, and that was it. And they were both not. They were nothing. They were boring. Nothing of substance. And boy, and boy, do I wish that the Democrats could have made an argument as strong for themselves as the Republicans are this week. A Biden presidency means higher taxes, defunding the police, government-run health care, a Green New Deal, money so that you don't die during the pandemic. Like, uh, I fucking wish. That would be amazing. And uh, isn't it isn't it so nice that Barack Obama and all of the other candidates that were running for president all came together back in March to unite against Bernie Sanders so that the Republicans couldn't use that socialist talking point against us. Thank God. Thank God the Republicans could only talk about the the the, the evils of socialism and how they would directly solve all of the problems that we're facing in in the wake of COVID-19. It thank God that it all rings hollow because Joe Biden won't do anything to help anybody, nor will Kamala Harris. Oh man. They they let uh they let Andrew Yang speak after he pushed back. He's like, I didn't even get invited to speak. I thought I would at least get the invite. So they gave him, they gave him like a minute and uh he didn't even mention UBI. Poor guy. They're like, you can go on, Andrew, but your cornerstone, the the main thing that you contributed to the discourse in 2020, really, you introduced the concept of a UBI, which everyone was laughing about when you started talking about it, for the most part. People were, you know, at least in the corporate media and in the the party at large, they scoff, like, (laughs) UBI, $1,000 a month, are you crazy? Now every fucking country in the world is doing it, except for the United States. And in the middle of a pandemic, when, you know, 30 million people are about to get evicted, who are unemployed, who see no end in sight in terms of being unemployed and having nothing, no savings, no anything. They're about to have no house. The Dems are like, do not mention UBI because it was all pre, everything was pre-recorded. Everything had to be pre-approved. Couldn't let someone like Andrew Yang talking his crazy left-wing agenda Venture capitalist Andrew Yang, his crazy lefty. Uh, I I like Andrew Yang a lot more now than I did when he was up against Bernie. I mean, you know, he's not a socialist, but he's better than most of the Dems, which is such a low bar, my God. But to just see them like continually boxing him out, and he's like, "What the hell is this bullshit?" Um, they're boxing him out because he like doesn't fit what they want for their right wing extremist party. The Democrats are a right-wing extremist party. We have two right-wing extremist parties. What an amazing country. My God. And I mean, really, the audience for the DNC last week was conservatives, was Republicans. I mean, look at the lineup. Half of them were Republicans or former Republicans. We got the Clintons. We got Michael goddamn Bloom. Michael Bloomberg got more speaking time than most of the people on the entire convention. Michael Bloomberg spent more time speaking at the Democratic National Convention than he spent running for president. He ran for president for like a day. Then he got then he got like he got the speaking spot like right before Biden. Bernie Sanders should be in that fucking spot. I mean, Bernie Sanders should have been in Biden's spot if Obama hadn't come in and interfered with the election. You want to talk about vote? You want to talk about election interference? Let's talk about Barack Obama, who is the reason that Biden is the nominee. And if you uh, don't consume anything besides MSNBC or CNN, you're probably thinking, John, what are you talking about? You're fucking out of your mind. You're crazy. What do you mean? Bernie Sanders lost. And that means that the party doesn't support his radical socialist agenda. No, before Super Tuesday, Barack Obama made some phone calls to all of the other candidates, said, hey, motherfucker, you don't stand a chance. Bernie's going to take this thing. And if you don't want Bernie to win, you need to drop out and you need to endorse Joe Biden, except for Elizabeth Warren, who they had stay in to help keep her to help keep her votes away from Bernie. This all sounds like conspiracy nonsense, and that's because it is. That's a conspiracy. That's a real conspiracy. That's not some unhinged, oh, the moon landing never happened, which maybe it didn't. Uh, it's not, uh, it's not uh, uh, George Bush was 
Tower 7, you know? Um, it's not like crazy. The Illuminati are lizard people. Like, those are crazy. Those are, you know, crazy conspiracy. This is a real conspiracy. This is the political elite consolidating their power to prevent a working class candidate from leading their party into the future. They said, we don't want that. We don't want that for the people. We want our legacy to remain steadfast. We can't be giving people Medicare for all and really waking up to the fact that Obamacare fucked a lot of people over. And that shows their real contempt for us, the people. One, because it says, oh, we don't really think that they deserve uh, what is going to save their lives. But it also says that they think, oh, they're stupid enough to believe that Obamacare was enough. Because here's a new, here's here's an undeniable truth. Most people in the country, Republicans included, support Medicare for all. Most people who voted for Joe Biden in the primaries supported Medicare for all, but because they consume corporate media, which hammered for months and months and months that Bernie's unelectable, that Bernie's too extremist, they said that they were voting for Biden because they thought he was the electable one. Joe Biden does not support Medicare for all. Those people who voted for Joe Biden want Medicare for all. They were duped by people like Obama, by people like anybody that works at CNN and MSNBC. We are a nation of propagandized idiots. And I'm propagandized too. And I don't realize it until one of one of the commentators, independent media outlet commentators on like YouTube calls out another one and I'm like, oh shit, they're right. That was bullshit what they told me and I believed. And I guess the difference there is that people that consume CNN or MSNBC or Fox News, they're not seeking out that person that's criticizing that argument. Like I like to see two uh, two sources of, of news that I respect go at each other and criticize each other and hold each other accountable because that means that you can get closer to like what the reality is and what the truth is. It's very easy to fall for propaganda. I'm sorry. Oh my God. Yes, you are sorry. <laughs> God, I have an Apple Watch because I'm bougie as fuck. And sometimes it hears me talking and says, I'm sorry, please shut the fuck up. Scared the shit out of me. Oh my God. I need to take a, I need to take a second. But I'm I'm just so fuck I'm so done with the goddamn Dems, man. Um, when Ber- when Bernie dropped out, he still was encouraging people to vote for him in the primaries for the primaries that were left, and I did so. I did it for Ohio. Wait, did he drop out? No, he didn't drop out before Ohio. But I was even I was even put. No, no, I wasn't. It, it was it was bullshit from the start. He was trying to get people to still vote for him so he could, you know, get more delegates and have more influence on the party platform. And you know what? He racked up a shit ton of delegates. He had something, he had like, he had over a thousand, he had a bunch of delegates. And honestly, he had more than that. Well, he didn't have more than that, but he had in a lot of states more than Biden did, even though like Nevada, this, this was frustrating. Nevada, in terms of total delegates, Bernie got 24, which he earned in the, in the caucus. And he won in a landslide in Nevada. But all of the delegates that were that were that were won by all the other candidates went to Joe Biden, even though Joe Biden came in like fourth or fifth in Nevada, just like he did in like all these other early states. But it ends up Joe Biden gets 25 in Nevada. So that was fucking annoying. But, you know, the point of Bernie racking up all of these delegates after having dropped out to gain more influence, he didn't even get an inch from the Democrats. Democrats didn't give him anything. They didn't give him a fucking crumb. In fact, they are running to the right of Hillary Clinton. This platform is less progressive than Clinton's platform, which was not progressive at all. In the middle of a pandemic and the worst economic crisis this country has ever had, the Democrats are running to the right of Clinton in 2016. Because of this unique situation that we're in, I don't, knock on wood, I don't think that the Democrats could possibly lose, but they are trying their damnedest. And they might succeed. I don't know. I really don't know. Let's see how the last two nights of the RNC go, because, I mean, I don't. that's not going to make a difference. Who, who the fuck am I kidding? People have made up their minds. If you haven't made up your mind at this point, like, don't vote. Don't bother. 
just don't don't do it uh this is a this is a tweet from a twitter account called bernie delegates network an incredible 1069 delegates voted no on the democratic party platform that was awesome i was seeing the tweets come in throughout the week nina turner rashida talib uh, i think rokana a bunch of people voted no on the democratic platform because it did not include Medicare for all. It also didn't include a Green New Deal or all these other things, but the main one that everyone was talking about, we're voting no because it does not have Medicare for all on it. And that's the kind of shit that you need to see more from these progressives that are that are, you know, participating in the Democratic Party. Because even though they know that it's going to pass, they still took a stand and said Medicare for all is the floor. That is the the bare minimum that we are willing to accept, Medicare for all. And we will not vote in favor of this bullshit platform that doesn't include Medicare for all in the middle of a fucking pandemic where people are broke, where being put in the hospital is going to put people, I mean, might as well not go to the hospital because they're going to fucking end up dead later anyways because they can't afford to eat. They can't afford a place to stay because they can't afford to go to the goddamn hospital. But here was the, bur- the that that tweet said an incredible 1069 delegates voted no on the Democratic Party platform for failing to include Medicare for all and other critical progressive solutions. While the platform passed, the message to Biden and the party was loud and clear. Now, I don't agree with that. I don't agree that the message to Biden and the party was loud and clear because whether they heard the message or not, they didn't move an inch. What they're going to do is publicly berate dissenters for being divisive and helping Trump, which you're already seeing on Twitter. Like, the Dems are not good at much, but gaslighting is very much in their wheelhouse. You didn't vote for the platform. You are voting for Trump. That's the same thing. Go fuck yourself. But do you want to know who the Democratic Party really is? Like, who they really are? Um... I had honestly forgotten about what a horrific piece of shit John Kasich was. I knew... He was, you know, that he's a Republican, so bare minimum, you know, he's a Republican politician. You can't be a Republican politician without being an absolute piece of shit. Uh, And, you know, one of the last things he did at the end of his term was not pass a heartbeat bill, a heartbeat abortion bill. So like that, so like that left like a good taste in everyone's mouth. And we're like, yeah, maybe he wasn't so bad. He didn't pass the most restrictive abortion thing you could ever imagine the most horrific shit basically making it illegal in Ohio. Um, yes. So last Monday, the night that Kasich spoke at the democratic national convention, people were retweeting a bunch of tweets from, from the official Democrats Twitter page from 2016. Here's one RT. If you agree that American women deserve better than John Kasich and there's a graphic, it says under John Kasich, half of Ohio's abortion clinics have stopped providing abortion services. Here's another one. Ohio had a constitutional ban on gay marriage and John Kasich fought to keep it there. And there were a lot of such tweets like that, right, from the Democrats' Twitter. I'm surprised that they didn't go back and delete those tweets. Glad they didn't, but surprised that they didn't. And here's, uh, here is People for Bernie. Ohio's minimum wage is $8.70. It gets worse. If your business grosses less than $319,000, you can pay $7.25. If you're a tipped employee, it's $4.35. It gets worse. As governor, John Kasich signed a bill banning cities from raising their minimum wage. That's the guy that the Democrats said, we would like to have him speak at our convention, please. Alongside like three or four other Republicans, please. Because he doesn't like Trump, please. Please and thank you, please. Fuck the left. Fuck the two first two Muslim women to join Congress. We're not going to have Rashida Tlaib or Elon Omar speak at our convention. No, thank you. AOC, no, thank you. AOC only got to speak because Bernie asked her to. Because per the rules of a convention, someone has to uh, second the nomination. And, you know, since he had a certain amount, the person who came in second place, they allow you to nominate the person who came in second place, even though they didn't get enough delegates. It's like it's just like a formality. That's the only reason AOC got like a 90 second spot. Just because Bernie wanted her to be the person that seconded his nomination, because Bernie's the real fucking deal. But he, but Bernie knows that she is the future of the party. The party refuses to accept that. The party thinks that its future is Joe fucking Biden and, and Kamala Harris. 
That's what they think the, the future is. They refuse to have the most popular Congress people speak at their convention because they are not a left-wing party. They are a radical right-wing party, which speaks volumes. Because what does that even make the Republicans? Batshit authoritarian radical right-wing party. The Democrats are, are you know, right-wing radicals that might give you extra gay marriage this time. It's like extra. It's, it's even more legal than it was before. Yas. Yas. Thank you. More. More rainbow capitalism. Thank you. More Black Lives Matter on the NBA floor painted by corporations and now being co-opted by corporations. That's, that's, that's the kind of radical right-wingers that the Democrats are, that they co-opt leftist language to make themselves seem woke while they deport more people than Trump did. But uh, I can't remember if John Kasich said these exact words at the convention or if it was just part of a speech that or a, a statement that he gave before the convention. But, but here's, here's what it said. He says, this is John Kasich, people on the extreme, well, no, he did say this, and I'm remembering now. People on the extreme, whether they're on the left or on the right, they get outsized publicity that tends to define their party. You know, I listen to people all the time make these statements, and because AOC gets outsized publicity doesn't mean she represents the Democratic Party. She's just a part, just some member of it. And it's on both sides, whether it's the Republicans or whether it's the Democrats. So he's saying that, you know, the country is moderate. People aren't left or right. People are moderate, which is such a bullshit argument. Because one, he when he's talking moderate, he means right wing. When people talk about moderates, they mean right wing. Because our government and the media that is consumed by most of us is right wing. Rachel Maddow is right wing. Yes, I know. It's shocking to find that out. An employee of Comcast, a mouthpiece of Comcast News, yes, she is a right winger. So to be to the right of a right winger, a quote unquote moderate, yes, that is right wing. And also not indicative of most of the country. Most of the country doesn't fucking vote because they don't think that either candidate is going to do anything that is going to make their life better. Most of the country can't afford a $1,000 emergency, and that was before the pandemic. Where do you think those people are now? The essential workers or the people who who weren't making anything or saving anything to begin with and then lost their job, and now they're about to lose their unemployment, and then they're going to lose their fucking apartments. Where do you think they are politically? Do you think they're quote-unquote moderates who think that Medicare for All is a pony? Most Americans support Medicare for all. Something like 80, 85% of Democrats and something like 50 to 60% of Republicans think that we need Medicare for all. But we're all mostly moderate, right? And like, this is the exact same shit that people like Kasich tried to say about Trump and the Republican Party in, in 2015. Like, these radical viewpoints don't represent us. People don't really want crazy radical. They want someone who doesn't really stand for anything or at least doesn't come out forcefully in favor of anything that will help people. They'll talk about taxes and not raising them and helping businesses, but they're not going to talk about things that are actually going to help you. Those people were wrong in 2015 and 2016, and they're fucking even more wrong now. The political and economic establishment breathed a huge sigh of relief when COVID-19 canceled the in-person convention. Nobody booing. Like, can you, can you imagine if they tried to let Kasich speak in an arena full of Bernie bros? But, uh, you know, the last night of the convention was actually host. They had like a different host every night. I don't know who it was. The two middle nights, like I said, didn't watch. The first night it was Ava Longoria, which she was such a bore. Uh, man, just terrible. Not like, why? Why? Um, but the last night it was Julia Louis-Dreyfus. And uh, I mean, hey, who doesn't love who doesn't love Elaine? Who doesn't love Veep? You know? Some of her politics are very much like standard liberal, just kind of like, ugh, but like, who cares? She's an actor. I don't really give a shit. Uh, she, she's done enough great stuff and is like charming and funny enough that who ca- I don't care if her politics aren't a thousand percent uh, aligned with mine. I don't really care. She's, she's like the perfect person to have host that kind of an event because she's funny, um, 
but she also like agrees with that stuff. <laughs> and, uh, you know, she come, she comes from crazy wealth and, uh, she, she's, you know, I mean, how much you think she made, she makes from Seinfeld alone each year, probably millions of dollars off her residuals. Uh, so like, I don't know if we're going to let an oligarch represent the party of the people, the Democrats, could, could it just be her? I mean, I'm lowering the bar this far now. <laughs> like she would be, she would be a better candidate than, than Biden and Harris. You kidding me? Veep running for real, real prez. Let's do it. Fuck it. It's been a, a year of mask off. If the Republicans can have goddamn Reagan, we can have someone who, who's actually a good actor, who's actually charming and funny, not addicted to jelly beans and having a nickname, the Gipper. Someone referred to him as the Gipper on something I was watching recently, and it made me laugh because I thought they were making fun of him. And I was like, oh no, that, that's right. That was his real fucking nickname. But Hunter Biden also spoke that night, and uh, I think it gets, it gets uh, glossed over way too much that Hunter Biden was an addict. Everyone... You know, people people sympathize with the fact that he was an addict. Um, I don't. <laughs> I, I do not sympathize uh, or empathize or whichever one that I'm trying to say. Always always get them mixed up. Same with um, effects. Effects with an A and with an E. I don't remember the difference, and I honestly don't give a shit. The English language is too complex for its own good, and that's why I got a $120,000 degree in English literature. But Hunter Biden was addicted to crack. <laughs> the rich kid of rich kids was addicted to crack. That's hilarious to me. He got addicted to the drug that the CIA invented to put a bunch of black kids in jail. Prison. That his father helped usher in. My God. Poetic justice. And so for his son, for that same kid to be the one that's getting Biden in trouble for like, you know, corruption in Ukraine is uh is perfect and um you know the trump campaign actually the, the the spokesperson that they got for it was not the right person but they they got someone last night that was was talking shit about the whole hunter biden thing and like that's that's the kind of shit that the dems better hope that the trump campaign doesn't keep hammering in because it lands it landed for me it's not going to make me vote for trump because i'm not an absolute psycho and if you're listening to this and you're even thinking about voting for Trump, uh, commit a felony right now. If you're thinking about voting for Trump, don't do it. In fact, if anybody from now until forever tells me they're thinking about voting for Trump, I am going to call the cops on them. I'm going to make up a felony. I'm going to call from a payphone. I'm going to find a payphone, call from it. Do not really, do not use this recording against me in court, Okay. I'm going to do I'm going to dox you to the cops. I'll find a reason for them to come to your house and arrest you for a felony, okay? Don't do it. But it it lands. That's the kind of shit that lands. It's the kind of shit that landed against Clinton. So the Dems better hope that they that they shut the fuck up about this Hunter stuff because um it's a legit thing. And the benefit of being a an amoral psychopath like Trump and like all Republican politicians is that you don't have to explain yourself. Trump is every bit as corrupt as as Joe Biden. In fact, some in some ways you could say that Biden is more corrupt than Trump because he was corrupt and also was being paid as a representative of of the people of America. So in a lot of ways that's like corruption on top of corruption whereas, you know, Trump is just a piece of shit businessman. And I mean, what is this country without a bunch of seedy creepy, rapey, piece of shit businessmen. That is, that's what this country is. Fuck the stars and stripes. Put a, put a picture of Trump. I mean, put a picture of Trump on the flag. I know all of these, these Trumper psychos have their own Trump flags, but I mean, that, that's a more perfect embodiment of what America is than the stars and stripes, than the American Eagle. It's that orange Cheeto bitch with shitty hair. Oh, oh, did you like that one, Libs? Got him. Fucking got his ass. Cheeto. Chester Cheetah. Extremely cheesy. What is that? Bugs Bunny trying to eat him? Because he looks like a fucking carrot? You know, they never they never compare him to a pumpkin, which seems most apropos because he's fat as fuck. That's because white ladies love pumpkin spice. But wait a second. I seem to remember everyone freaking out about how like 54% of white women voted for Trump. 
Hmm. I guess that joke doesn't really hold up. I'm going to leave it in. I don't really, I don't really know how to wrap this up. Um, so I'll just read a tweet and then that that's going to be the end. Okay. Uh, if you made it this far, thanks for listening. If it's, uh, if it's still August, if it's still before August 29th, uh, go to gobananascomedy.com. Buy yourself a ticket. Come see it. It's out. It's going to be outdoors. It's going to be socially distanced. I don't know. Hopefully it's not raining. I know that there's that big hurricane coming through, uh, through Texas and Louisiana. And that might cause some rain here in the next few days. Hopefully that's not the case, but we'll be outside socially distanced. Hopefully people got their masks on. Don't know if they will. I'm going to have my mask on, except for when I'm on stage, uh, bring in my own mic, probably the mic I'm talking into right now. That's right. A little inside baseball tickets are 12 bucks. Get one come out. It's especially if you have not been out to do stuff, it's, uh, it, it's very cathartic. I was really, you know, I went to one of the shows that they had two weeks ago. Um, the show that I was on this past weekend at, uh, at Kelly's place, it was, it's very cathartic to just listen to people do comedy. Um, especially about shit that's going on. Um, so come out, you can, you can stay as far away from people as you feel comfortable with. Like, I don't, I do not like being around people. It freaks me the hell out. Um, especially with how cavalier people are with taking their masks off to talk when it's the most important. If you are listening to this and you talk to me without your mask on, please know that I am freaking out on the inside. I'm not someone who's going to cancel you in public. I may have to start doing that, but like people talking face to face, like being a few feet away, talking mask off, like stop. I, you probably don't have it, but you don't know that you don't. So what I'm saying is if, if you're not comfortable being around people, it's in a parking lot, everything's spread out. You can, you can be pretty fucking far away from people. Um, and, uh, yeah, they're, they'll be, they'll be slinging drinks from the bar. They're, they have, they got wait staff coming out, running drinks. So, um, tip the hell out of them, get yourself a ticket, come out. Dave Waite is headlining. He's hilarious. If you don't know who he is, if you're listening to this and you don't know who he is, I'm very surprised. How did you find out about this podcast? Um, but he's, he's great. He he's from here. He lives in LA now he's back and he's, he's doing these two shows. Saw him last week and he's uh, ripping it up and he's hilarious. And a bunch of other local comics, including myself, um, I'm going to be doing some new bits. Uh, are they good? Are any of my bits good? It's hard to know. Um, but yeah, it'll, it'll be a blast. Please come out. Take care of one another. Namaste. Namaste.